When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with your host, Sean Bastow. Going to be joined today on this episode by Johnston Brown. And here we go, we've got a new episode for you, something that you probably won't have been expecting. But we decided, after a little chat between myself and Johnston and some of the social media stuff that we see on a daily basis, that it'd be quite fun to do something different episode-wise. And what we decided was that we've seen videos of Pereira Morales scrapping at the press conference and it, you know the light bulb went on and he was like actually I think it'd be really good to sit down and discuss some of the best boxing brawls and this is what the episode is the best boxing brawls so we're talking about things that happened outside of the ring we're talking about pre-fight press conferences some of the most notable things that happened outside of the ring we're talking about post-fight press conferences we're talking about press conferences and tv shows and appearances and just things where boxers got really really personal and serious and it made for an absolute spectacle now, I know that people might not enjoy that aspect of the sport and might feel that this brings the sport down a touch. But it is something that, when it does happen, people watch it, don't they? People enjoy watching it. People actually get a bit of a kick out of watching it. And I think it's hilarious, to be honest with you. Sometimes it does go beyond the means of, of hilarity and it does become overly serious and too serious for, for even my liking but some of the stuff that's happened over the years what we'll, we'll touch on in this episode is absolutely brilliant like little bits of fisticuffs scrapping on sofas scrapping on stages it's it's hilarious and and whilst people don't enjoy it actually it does bring attention to the sport whether it's good press or bad press it's actually bringing attention to the sport and people are 
going, oh my God, did you see what happened in that press conference last night? And that's what brings attention to this sport. So I'm really excited to be going through this because there's some absolute mental moments outside the ring that have happened over the years i'm really excited to be breaking down some of the most notable ones and probably a few in there that some people might not even remember for from back in the late 80s early 90s some cracking press conference brawls and outside of the ring brawls between fighters unbelievable moments that you just wouldn't think would be possible and, and obviously would never happen as much today but there's some stuff that's been oh it's unbelievable so we're going to go into it then johnston this is the best of boxing brawls i know this is another one that you've been thoroughly excited to go through with me and man you've got some absolute crackers that you've pulled out of the hat for this one. Oh, mate it, 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 there are some absolute crackers um really really enjoyable ever look back on some of this stuff uh the press conference brawl not, not necessarily all press conference but boxing brawls i should say and there are some w- unbelievable funny stories and some that are probably a little bit more tragic but um, so it, it really was enjoyable to look back on and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to to get started Sean. Well let's go in there's no particular order in which we're going to be talking about some of these uh, incidents that have happened and uh, we could range from very recent to, to very old but I'm just going to go with the flow and, and bring what comes to mind and um, probably for me Johnston I'm probably going to start with something a little bit more recently and straight off the bat I think I'm going to go with Hay versus Chisora at the post fight press conference which happened after the fight between Chisora and Vitaly Klitschko and where to start with this one this was one of the most violent boxing brawls that I've ever seen and and I think a lot of people regard this one as probably the most violent one uh, of all time and I don't think there'll be any of the others that were uh, well there is probably one or two but this for me kind of tops a lot of them where Vitaly Klitschko's just beat Derek Chisora over 12 rounds there's a post fight press conference they're all there at the, the top table talking about what happened in the fight and who's there at the back of the crowd David Hay spouting his mouth off about a fight potentially with Vitaly or potentially with Vladimir he's having a lot of back and forth with Bernard Bonte the Klitschko's manager and Chisora obviously takes doesn't really take too kindly to the fact that David Hayes crashed his moment really even though he'd lost the fight he'd put up a really good show and you know there was a potential talk of Chisora having another big fight after this in the future and David Hay comes along crashes the party uh, and, and then starts bad mouthing Chisora a little bit Chisora obviously you know this guy just doesn't take no shit from anybody we've seen the antics in the lead up to the fight with Klitschko the spitting of water the slapping in the face so he wasn't you know he was quite partial to a bit of an incident as well himself but then what happens next was, uh, like I say, one of the most violent incidents in terms of outside of the ring. Yeah, David Hay is embarrassed, man. Sky Sports don't do box office because of David Hay. That's true. Yeah, That's he, he messed true. up box office for all the young fighters coming up, and I'm going to give him two slaps for that. If David Hay is a fighter, he should fight me. Adam Booth is there. Just three fights in a row. Yeah, let's fight. Excuse, Excuse me. Let's fight. Can you remove what? this man from the just building, please? Let's fight. Let's fight. Take this man away from David. If Derek fights David, the winner fights Vitaly. David sounds like a perfect player. Right, we've got to fight. We've got to fight, David. You fight Derek, and the winner gets the shot. 
David, you want to tell me that in my face? You want to tell me my face? You want to tell me my face? Oh, tell me my face then. I'm coming there and tell me my face. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot David Hay. Listen. I'm going to physically shoot David Hay. He fucking glassed me. He glassed me. <laughs> yeah, David's obviously coming, sort of shouting his mouth off. And uh, as you say, Chisora was sitting at the top table. I think he's actually talking at the time. Um, and uh, David just sort of starts talking over him. Um, I can't really work out what David's saying, but but Derek's sort of getting a little, he's sort of laughing it off, really. Um, but then he's sort of saying, you know, I think he's, he's, he's not saying he wants to fight Chisora. I think he's saying Vitali he was supposed to fight him and then something happened. I'm not quite sure what. But, um, and then as you, um, um, Bernard, is it Bernard Bonte? That's the manager, the Vitali's manager. And, uh, he comes out of a brilliant line. He says, uh, to David Hay, as he's shouting out, he sort of said, he has been pointing at Derek Chisora, showed guts, you showed your toe. <laughs> Which I thought was a brilliant <laughs> little one-liner from him. Um, and obviously Frank Warren sitting next to um, Derek Chisora because... Frank Warren's his promoter at the time. And as soon as sort of David starts saying, oh, I think he can beat Chisora easily, or I'm not quite sure exactly the words, he sort of mumbled in the background. You could literally see the pan signs just appear in Frank Warren's eyes. It's like, cha-ching, you know what I mean? He's so on it. I mean, credit to him, he just literally gets his promoter tackle within an instant. And he's like, all right, David, you fight Derek Chisora and the winner can fight Vitaly. But no one really... He's sort of talking to the Klitschko crew, but they're not really going with it. But straight away, I thought that was pretty cool from, uh, from Frank Warren to, to get that promoter cap on straight away and think, yeah, this is this is business. This is good money. Um, and then obviously, Derek Chazor decides to take the mic and go and, uh, go and confront David A face to face. He did. And then all of a sudden, the, the, I don't know what words were exchanged between the two of them. Obviously, anybody that was there at the time will will have been there with the cameras right in the faces and probably would have heard what was exactly said. But the the, the footage that's available to watch kind of sees the, the cameraman sort of following Chizora as he goes towards Hay. And within a split second, Hay, Hay absolutely punches him with, with a great right hand. There's a, there's a fantastic picture that a photographer got of the moment he landed that right hand on Chizora's jaw. Chizora's tongue is hanging out of his mouth, but more importantly, David Hay had a bottle in his hand at the time he punched him, which was what led to some of the comments uh, in the aftermath of that brawl. So all of a sudden, this big brawl erupts in the middle of this presser, and then you see Don Charles at one point there throwing a few punches over the top of Chizora to get to the team, and then all of a sudden you just you just kind of follow the brawl around the room from the cameras that were there at the time and then one of the most funniest moments was the the, the swinging of the tripod i was like where the hell's he got this tripod from he's swinging <laughs> he's swinging a tripod to try and defend himself against all these people that are coming in against him and then eventually eventually it calms down to a point where obviously bystanders got involved and managed to separate him don charles i think ended up with a cut on his eye and then Chisora is stood at the back near the in front of the top table at the back of the room again shouting I'm going to shoot you David I am going to shoot you just you wait and then he's talking about the fact he's the most the, the best moment and the best line from that whole event was he glassed me he glassed me and that was just <laughs> yeah. oh man like it still makes me laugh today I shouldn't laugh but it is just funny because like 
it was just it was just theatrical, so theatrical, but so real at the same time. Uh, it, it really was funny. I mean, as you say, I mean, it's not funny. Got glass. It was. It was. It was. A, it, at the end, I mean, it got bad press, rightly so. I suppose. Yeah, well, rightly so. He's glassed him. He did. He, he sort of holds it, as you say, holds the bottle and he's punched him. Um, obviously. He, he didn't, but um, at the time, Derek's obviously screwing. I mean, he, he looked quite relaxed as he's walking up to David. I don't think he ever expected that to happen. You know, maybe a slap round the face, but I don't think he expected it to happen. And, and obviously, uh, David, uh, again, I don't think he did. I think he wanted to get himself into a fight. End of the day, he, you know, I don't. I think he hadn't fought since since the toe incident. So a lot, he was getting a lot of flack for that, and rightly so. You know can't pull your, t- your flipping toe out at a post-fight conference and say that's the reason why you lost your fight and fought so badly. But, you know, I, and, you know, he was a big head as well. So when people are like that, you, you tend to, um, you know, you jump on the bandwagon with it a little bit. And, um, but, yeah, it, it was hilarious to watch when you think about it. And then obviously, when the fight was signed, um, they've got this massive fence um, <laughs> that separated both camps while John Rowland sitting at the table on one side and then you've got Chisora and Hay on the other. I mean, it was the, the scene was just, it, was, it seemed so ridiculous. But, you know, it, it was it, it added to the drama and obviously, you know, it won. It was a quite a decent fight as well. It certainly was a decent fight. It was a great back and forth fight until Hay won via stoppage. And what I remember is the fifth round of the fight. It was a great exchange between the two of them in that fifth round where both of them looked really hurt. Uh, eventually, Hay came out on top as the winner. And, and that was, like I say, I do believe that to be one of the most violent ones we've we've actually encountered over the years. So moving on then, let's move on to another one. Let's go back in history and look further back in time to one of the first brawls that ever took place on a TV. So the, you, know, you know which one I'm talking about. We're talking about Ali versus Fraser. Yeah. We're talking about the lead-up to the rematch between the two of them. So obviously history tells us that the the fight of the century, which happened in 1971, was won by Joe Frazier, which was an absolutely epic fight between the two of them. Uh, the rematch was scheduled to take place in 1974. Now, now, it was January the 17th, which incidentally was Muhammad Ali's 32nd birthday, and Joe Frazier had just turned 35 days earlier, and then the show aired on January the 24th, so it was uh, the Dick Cavett show, uh, which aired on ABC and American Channel, and both of them are there sat down, Dick Cave is going through both of the careers, talking about you know the training camps they've got for the lead-up to, to the next fight, and then... Ali, as usual, is charismatic self. He couldn't help but berate Joe Frazier uh, in this one. And Joe Frazier, you know, he was taking none of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're, they're actually sitting down going through a rerun of their first fight, which was the fight of the century. Um, and, I, it's, you know, they got to reviewing round 10. Um, and that's when Frazier mentioned uh, that Ali had gone to hospital after the fight. He actually said, uh, Ali came back and sort of said, I went to hospital for 10 minutes, you went for a month. That's what Harley replied. And then Fraser comes back with saying, I was resting. And then he says, and then Harley comes back with, nobody goes to hospital to rest. The show, that shows how dumb you are. That's just ignorant. And then Fraser starts getting angry because he's like, you know, no one calls me ignorant, basically is what he's saying. And then all of a sudden, uh, Ali's brother, uh, Raman, walked onto the stage because obviously you can see they've, they've both stood up now and he's obviously there to sort of be the mediator. Um, and then that's when Fraser says to him, "What well, you want to go? You, you want to go on this as well, sort of thing." And then uh, so immediately, Ali stands up, grabs Fraser, and then the two just sort of wrestle to the crowd. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how, actually, you know, if it was planned or not. I mean, from 
Frazier's reaction, I don't think it was planned. I got hit nine and oh, that's, that's, when he, that's when he went to the hospital now. I'm talking about no hospital. You know you're wrong bringing up a hospital. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna say nothing about no hospital. <laughs> we don't imagine. I went to hospital for 10 minutes. You went for a month. Now be quiet. I was resting. Oh, yeah, you went to hospital arrest. In and out. That's embarrassing. Don't nobody go to hospital arrest. And why did you bring I wasn't gonna bring up the hospital. That shows you how, how dumb you are. How come people don't go in the hospital? That shows how dumb you are. How come people he don't go He brought up the hospital. Who don't go What's this? What was happening there, Joe? I go to hospital for 10 minutes. Motion to Arthur Mercan. He go for months. Why did he bring that up? What was happening? I really don't know. He didn't have to tell you. I'm trying to put the man in this cat saying about something. He don't bring up the hospital. I went to the hospital for five minutes. Why you figure I'm making I went to the hospital for five minutes. Why you think I'm making Man, you know, sit down. Sit down, man. Sit down, Joe. Why you think I'm making Sit down, Joe. Sit down quick. Why you think I'm making Sit down, Joe. Sit down quick. Sit down quick. Sit down quick, Joe. Well, we're having a scene, as you can see, and it's hard to tell whether it's clowning or for real between the two fights. This kind of thing is been going on all along in terms of promotion of the fight, and this time it seems to be for real, because Joe Frazier is really angry. Muhammad called him ignorant, and he's really angry. I don't think this one is clowning at all. It, it was quite comical to see him in the headlock and just sort of rolling around on the floor. You can see Frazier getting really agitated with it, um, and he and afterwards, he sort of, it sort of settles down, um, and then he sort of just says, you know, no one calls me ignorant type of thing uh, and he just storms off the studio but you know apparently uh, they were both fired like five grand by the New York State Athletic Commission um, for for you know misdemeanor accident you know you know a, a, a combat in boxing or something to put down here but um, oh, it, was, it was it was it was just typical Ali getting in Fraser's head uh, you know the fight actually the second fight wasn't as good as the first one and it was sort of he's been swept under the carpet obviously with Frida uh, Manila um, the third one but you know uh it was it was just brilliant. I mean, just Ali at his absolute best, and and it was it was just genius. It was, and just to sort of correct myself in something I was saying a little bit earlier, the actual show it happened on was Worldwide Sports with with Howard Cosell. The one I was referring to was an earlier taping of what they'd actually been involved in, where Ali had berated Joe, and and what this Worldwide Sports episode had culminated in was all the uh, derogatory comments that Ali had put towards Fraser throughout the build-up for that and then eventually when they got into this show this is where it really boiled over as you was explaining there and as you said judging from the reaction from Fraser the fact that he just kind of stormed out afterwards kind of showing you that this is this is real this is not this is not a stage this is real this guy was ultimately completely pissed off you know he, he was he really really hated Ali they really hated each other at this point there was so much animosity between the two of them that you couldn't you, you know this was you know it was one like I said at the top of the show it was one way to sell a fight people don't always agree with these ways of selling fights but it's certainly the controversy creates cash 100% so there you go there's another one that was uh, one of the most iconic moments because back in them days back in the 70s even before that you didn't really see a lot of brawls happen outside of the ring in pre or post fight pre- press conferences or in any of the TV appearances that fighters made. This was one of the pioneering incidents uh, that led on to, to some of the other great ones that we, we're going to touch on. And another one, then let's go with one that you've got there, Johnston. Pick one out of the hat that you've brought to the table today. The, the one for me was uh, probably one of the, the most craziest. Uh, 
was the one in 1991 between Larry Holmes and uh, Trevor Burbick. But it, it's really strange because, you know, Larry Holmes actually had fought a guy called Tim Anderson. So um, it wasn't, it, Trevor Burbick wasn't even involved in the fight. He was just there for the fight because he lived in Florida. So he, he had just come back from Japan. And uh, so he's gone to watch Larry Holmes against Tim Anderson. Um, and it was it was a long layoff after sort of Larry Holmes had just been, well, I think just been, been two years ago, had been done by Tyson. So Burbick is there at the fight. And then he goes to the press conference. So then uh, obviously, you know, reporters obviously have seen Burbick in the background. So the question straight away is, uh, to Larry Holmes, would you have a rematch with with Trevor Burbick? So categorically, Larry Holmes says no. Um, I, I don't like his attitude. I beat him for 15 to 15 rounds. Uh, maybe he won one round. So Burbick doesn't say anything. He he leaves. They all leave the press conference. It's not until they're in the lobby area when Burbick starts sort of shouting his mouth off and, <laughs> and Trevor is uh, a bit eccentric basically he's going through a craziness in his life he's you know he's up for potential r- rape of a minor he's you know he, he, he's had some crazy incidents with, with weapons and threatening people with guns and dragging some woman out of a bank so this is all in the same year as well by the way so he was sort of on, on the verge of an absolute breakdown I think Trevor Burbick he was off his head so he's, he's sort of with the reporters and the reporters are sort of sort of you know talking to Trevor and Trevor's shouting his, his mouth off he's sort of saying uh, about Larry he used his sweetheart to mess up my marriage life and he kept saying Jenny from Jacksonville Jenny from Jacksonville I've got proof and tape so I have no idea what he's saying it's on YouTube you can have a look at it but he's basically saying all the problems in my life are because of uh, because of Larry Holmes and my kids are suffering too so Larry heard about this probably through one of his entourage letting him know Larry comes steaming down and then um, he literally just attacks Trevor Burbick starts kicking and punching him takes him out onto the street still kicking and punching him and then all of a sudden the police sort of intervene and they break it all up so you're thinking it's calming down and then Trevor Burbick sort of shouting did you see he kicked and punched me he kicked and punched me so obviously he's thinking about a lawsuit that's basically how, they, how it works I don't back down from nothing I say is he Canadian or is he Jamaican why don't you put his hand in the hat I ask your question she ain't number the f- all girl sorry she done messed up my life but get my wife and messed up to do all the thing wrong and you want a street fight I break all the ribs in his body if you want a street fight with me, that's what dirty, no good, moral sucker he is. Money don't make a champion or make a person, okay? He done use his sweetheart to mess up my whole married life, turn her into something she never would. That's why he don't like me, okay? Ever since I fought him, it's been like that. And you can tell him that because I got proof. His sweetheart ain't never the car girl. Jenny from Jackson. Hey, everybody, it's time to keep hey, me. You ain't never been the well, in the end, Larry Holmes has jumped up on two park cars onto a third, leapt literally from the car on top of Trevor Burbick like a leg drop out of nowhere it was literally like a <laughs> superfly Jimmy Snooker move actually taking him out and just continuing to beat him again <laughs> it's just absolute chaos uh, so you can actually see the footage on there there's not much apart from see sort of Larry Holmes and he, all of his white attire just jumping off of this car straight onto Burbick as Burbick's ranting about suing him basically and it is just chaos and then that, that, is, that is how it ended but uh, it's probably the craziest 
the craziest one I've ever seen. And it is a the fact that Burbick wasn't even a part of the fight. It was a fight. I mean, he's still mentioning it basically a fight that happened ten years ago. So as I say, Jeremy Burbick was going through some craziness in his life. Obviously, completely off the rails, but um, ah, it is just it's just chaos basically. And it was it, it's a really funny watch. Have a look on YouTube. Just seeing him ranting and raving is just great fun. I got another one for a couple of years afterwards. Uh, this is one of probably the most clear punches that you've ever seen in a brawl that I've been caught on video this is really boom <laughs> i'm laughing already i can't help it because i know how like crazy this this was and how clear this was and how much of a chin larry donald had man because really bow and larry donald press conference five days before the fight was due to take place they fought in 1994 by the way so bow and donald exchanged words at the podium where the microphones were uh, when all of a sudden, Bo, with lightning fast hands, he hit Donald with a left-right combination, and it was just, Donald didn't even move, it was like, he was that shocked that he'd received the punches, that he was shocked to the point where he didn't even move, he took them two punches on the chin, like an absolute trooper, and then, obviously, as soon as that happened, as soon as the punches landed, it was just an all-out brawl between the two, because he didn't really, Donald didn't really expect this to happen, he, he basically said Bo was unprofessional, uh, and he was unafraid. He was afraid of Larry Donald, and that is why he basically tried to defend himself at the press conference, and he tried to intimidate him at the press conference. Riddy Bow, however, he offered no apology whatsoever, and just basically said that he'd heard that Donald was talking trash about him, and he basically said to Larry Donald, to his face, "If you, if I hear you say one more thing, I'm going to hit you." So he opened his mouth again. So I popped him. And they were the words of Riddick Bowie, he just didn't give a shit. And that guy was another guy from the 90s that had that sort of demeanour about him where you knew he, he was like a, he was like a hand grenade waiting to go off. And, and that's another press conference that if you haven't seen it on YouTube and now you've listened to me talk about it, you should certainly go and check it out because them two punches that landed, you could hear it as clear as day. And they were, what, like I said, they were just absolutely clear punches. There was no defence, there was no anticipation of this happening, so he had to take the full-blooded shots on the chin. Oh, man. Riddy Bow eventually went on to win <laughs> that win that fight, uh, and quite dominantly win that fight against Larry Donald, but that's just another absolute crazy press conference where something happens just out of the blue for no apparent reason. There was no, like I say, there was no build-up to it. There was no trash-talking, so to speak, when they came face-to-face. It was just Riddy Bow just looked straight at him and threw the left-right combination and that was that but I know that's one you've obviously seen and you've uh, experienced as well and how crazy was that? <laughs> I still can't quite get what it was about I mean Donald is, is sort of standing there isn't he? he doesn't like he's doing anything I don't think he even says anything and it's sort of it, it's, it's Bo that says to him you know says something and it's almost like he, sort of Donald leans in say like, as in like, I, I can't understand what you say. <laughs> next thing it's left it's left and a right <laughs> it comes out of nowhere um, <laughs> do you know what he showed brilliant hand speed but it was and he just <laughs> It just felt like a sack of shit on the floor. <laughs> it was just mad. I mean, it's just funny. What? It's only a quick thing, actually, on YouTube. But, yeah, have a look at it. And, obviously, Bo did go into the fight. But, ah, 
I, I've no idea what was going through his head. And, I, you know, poor Donald, he wasn't even expected it. And if you actually look on YouTube, as well, the geezer on that, that's actually uh, doing the newsreel says, oh, this is a promoter's dream. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were loving it. They were. So let's move on then to another one. And Johnston, I'm going to let you take your pick on what you want to talk about next because there's an absolute massive amount of them to be able to discuss. Oh, God, yeah. How about Mike Tyson and uh, Lennox Lewis, shall we? So on January 22nd, 2002, a press conference held in New York to publicise the fight. Basically, it all kicked off. So uh, Tyson went on stage at Hudson Theatre um, and he was staring in the direction of Lewis. So they were, the picture is, they were, well, they sort of stand on steps. It was on a stage. They seemed Podium, to be yeah. Risen. Yeah, on the, they were both on the podium each, weren't they? So they were staring across from each other and uh, quickly starts walking over to Lewis like he's going to basically jump him. Uh, one of Lewis' bodyguards sort of comes on to, to, to attempt to block Tyson's access to, to Lewis um, before Tyson sort of threw a left hook on the bo- in the bodyguard's direction. So the two boxers are rolling on the floor and, and basically the personnel from both camps are all getting involved. Um, even even in, during the pileup, the WBC, uh, WBC president uh, Jose Suleiman claimed he was actually knocked down as well or hit on the head with a table <laughs> and he tried to put a lawsuit in for like $56 million or something crazy. But um, So following the brawl anyway, it's all settled down again and, and uh, Tyson comes to the ed- end, sort of edge of the podium and he starts grabbing his nut and starts having a go at some some poor bastard in the crowd. Um, rumor, rumor has it it was either Lewis's mum or it was a female reporter, a photograph or something. Uh, well, anyway, this uh, there was a gentleman in the crowd, a journalist called uh, Mark Malinowski, suggesting that basically, you know, you should put him in a straitjacket, basically. And that's when Tyson goes mad. Put your mother in a straitjacket, you punk-ass white boy. Come here and tell me that if I fuck you in your ass, you punk white boy, you faggot. You can't touch me, you're not man enough. I'll eat your asshole alive, you bitch. Fuck you, you hoe. Come and take my face for fucking your ass for everybody. You bitch. Come on, you bitch. You scared coward. You got man enough to fuck with me. You can't last two minutes in my world, bitch. Look at you scared now, you hoe. Scared like a little white pussy. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. Starts calling him a punk white boy. You're a faggot and I'm going to fuck you <laughs> until you love me. And <laughs> to this day, that shit gives me fucking nightmares. And he didn't even say it to me. This geezer could never have slept that night. And, you know, as, as Del Boy says, I only thought, you know, in Batman and Robin, I would hemigrate. I literally would. I would. I, I couldn't think of anything worse than Mike Tyson having a go at me, telling me he's going to fuck me until, he, until I love him. Oh, my God. <laughs> unbelievable. When he was off the rail. I mean, what was your fault, Sean? It was just crazy, wasn't it? I've got really good memories of it, Johnston, because it was it was 17 years ago, but I've got clear as day memories of it because it was one of my favourite builds up for a fight because this was a fight that had been it had been touted for a long long time I mean we're talking a good maybe even up to t- sort of like nine ten years this this fight was touted with and Lewis always felt like Tyson had avoided him and he openly said that in various interviews prior to the fight so obviously they made a big deal of it the whole Lewis and Tyson Bill and at the end of it the way the names worked out it said Lewis Tyson and at the end it said is on so it was just so much hype for the fight and as you said they're standing, they're standing on the podiums. It's a big, big deal. Tyson walks over. 
absolutely goes bananas, tries to go for Lewis. Uh, one of the most interesting parts about it is that in, in the aftermath of all this happening, which you've explained, Lewis talks about the fact that he, he, he's trying to brawl. He ends up on the floor and he feels this sharp pain. He looks down and there's Mike Tyson hanging off his thigh by his teeth. <laughs> and it's just it's just absolutely unbelievable. Now, this this actually led into what was a, a great build for a fight because obviously at this point then they couldn't they couldn't be near each other they couldn't be anywhere near each other it was quite violent Tyson's obviously mouthing off on the stage as you quite rightly pointed out at the end of it quite a scary moment quite a, a vulnerable moment really for Tyson because that kind of shown a lot of people that he was mentally unstable at this point in his life really mentally unstable by some of the stuff he was coming out with homophobic racist you know everything was in there absolutely everything you could have thought of insulting wise was in there and then obviously the fight itself then took place in the June and then again memories of it it was that big of a fight at the time that we had both Jimmy Lennon Jr. and Michael Buffer doing the ring announcements shared ring announcements which had never been seen before and I don't think I've ever seen it since and then you got the iconic picture that was taken from above the ring of all the yellow topped security guards putting a line as a barrier in the middle of the ring while all the fight announcements are being done great memories of it the fight itself was Tyson looking a bit of a shell of his former self Lewis looking as dominant as he'd looked in recent years uh, and obviously stopping Mike Tyson I think it was around the 7th or 8th round after after dominating him really in that fight but the press conference brawl to it was just unbelievable and, and you've heard me say this word numerous amounts of times and you'll continue to hear me say it because it, it just creates memories like we've both got like I, I felt like I can remember it as clear as day because of how significant and, and the violence of it. And a little interesting pointer to the direction of Mike Tyson, really. Like, I think it was last year that Mike Tyson's been doing a podcast over in America with uh, one of the guys over in America, well known journalists, and he actually had Lennox Lewis on one of his podcasts. There were two parts to this, and I would highly recommend as a fan you go and check them out. And they both sit down to discuss that particular incident that happened on the stage, and it's really really graphic and in detail but it's really great insight to what really happened at the time so i'd highly recommend if you've not gone and listened to that podcast yet it should be on mike tyson's bite the mic podcast go and check it out guys absolutely brilliant to listen to great interviews about the fight so that was an epic one that was uh, one of my oh, one of my favorites i've got to admit it was one of my favorites really when i think back about press conference brawls so it actually got it got an award as well. The Ring Magazine Event of the Year, 2002. No, no, that's what I, now, I'm sure the brawl at the press conference for this fight was named Ring Magazine Event of the Year, 2002. <laughs> Fucking man, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's me at the top of the episode trying not to glorify press conference brawls and then you, you come <laughs> along with a fact like that telling us that the fact that it was re- recognised as the Ring Magazine event of 2002. Well, there you go. <laughs> It was. I just want to take a little pause of this episode just to let you know about our sponsors for the podcast. As you know, it's Bear Attack Boxing, producing high quality boxing gloves and boxing equipment to suit all your needs. The latest product they've got on the market is the Pluto Glove, which is handcrafted for the fighter inside of you. These gloves not only protect your hands to land the perfect punches, but they allow you to move easily around the ring, creating the angles you need. 
This is the perfect fight club and it's only £49. So go and check them out on social media. They're on all platforms at Bear Attack Boxing. You can find their website at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Go and check out everything that they do. They produce some high-quality boxing equipment. You've heard me week in, week out talk about the equipment, about the Master One Focus Pads, about the Pluto Glove. You've seen it all. You've heard it all. Now go and check them out. Follow them on social media, Bear Attack Boxing. And again, it's www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. UK. So, other ones then to talk about. We've got Barrera and Morales, the second fight. So, we recently covered Barrera and Morales, one for Legendary Nights. And obviously, after that fight had happened, there was a little bit of controversy in some people's eyes that Barrera should have got the victory, but Morales got the victory in this one. So, they got a rematch scheduled in. Which was, I think, if I remember rightly, it was uh, two years later, 2002, and the but the press conference for that was quite a strange press conference. Really, it was uh, wasn't really a sort of formalised one, and there's a really really short clip on YouTube of what happened in this particular press conference. So there's there's a lot of bad blood between them because obviously both camps felt like they'd won the fight. They weren't really happy about it. When they eventually came back round to facing each other two years after the original fight, there was obviously even more animosity between the two camps. And as we discussed on Legendary Nights, both of them are from Mexico, both of them are from respective places in Mexico which have reputations. So whatever was said, which I don't actually know what was said between them or why this happened, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Barrera just throws this short, short jab in the face of Morales. And then all of a sudden, Morales is obviously going, flying at him and next thing you know they're just on the floor scrapping and and that's really as much as you got to see from the broadcast of that but again it was just like Larry Donald and Riddick Bow earlier you didn't expect it to happen and you just kind of seen them stood there next to each other you know doing the usual face off for the photos and then all of a sudden you just see this sort of this hand come from nowhere really quick and just catch Morales in the face and then Morales obviously he weren't taking no shit he were coming straight back for that one <laughs> they are. Uh, it, it, it's a really strange one, as you say. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, Barrera. Most people tipped him to win the fight, but you know, it, he actually he throws a punch as well. I mean, uh, maybe yeah, as you say, it must be something to do with, with the first fight. There could be any controversy there, uh, other than the fact that you know there is rumours about this football incident. I mean, there was bad blood between them anyway. But it's interesting to know what Barrera's actually said to him. Obviously, it would have been a Mexican as well, so we'll probably never know. But the way they were sort of just. Barrera throws the punch and, uh, and, then, and then next thing you know him and Morelos are on the floor it's like they just fall into this black hole and it just disappears like, <laughs> where did they go <laughs> but yeah no, again I mean there's obviously you know you've got that bad blood amongst yourselves and you, you just sometimes things just boil over I suppose but yeah another another cracking one go and have a look on YouTube guys it is again another another short clip but it's just it's just better to watch these things yeah it certainly is a more recent one that happened was Tony Bellew David Hay so these two had been having a bit of a slanging match between one another for quite a while and eventually when Tony Bellew won the WBC Cruiserweight title at Goodison Park against uh, Alungu Makabu he was always he always had David Hay in his sights from that moment on and he always wanted to test himself against David 
did hate. They never really liked each other. It was always quite publicly known at this point. So then, Bellew goes and fights BJ Flores, one of uh, Hay's good friends outside of the ring, and does uh, a bit of a dismantle job on BJ Flores. David Hayes doing punditry for Sky, ringside. Tony Bell, you knows he's there. He knows exactly what's going to happen next. He goes over the ring. He's shouting and screaming to get to David Hay. Really wants a piece of David Hay. They don't actually get involved at this point, so there's no actual physical violence that happens at this point, because what happens next is we do end up getting the first fight announcement between them. So, as you know, listeners to the podcast, you'll know that they've, they've fought twice, and you know that Tony Bellew's uh, won twice, on, but the build-up to the first fight was great, because obviously these two really didn't like each other. They really, really didn't like each other. In the press conference to the first fight, you had the situation where they were both squaring off against one another. David Hay, obviously, had, had been a heavyweight. Tony Bellew was moving up to fight Hay at heavyweight, so there was a lot of questions as to whether Tony Bellew was going to be able to hack it at heavyweight and be able to withstand the punches of Hay. There was a lot of questions over whether Hay would still have anything left at this point because he'd pulled out of numerous fights in the past with the likes of Tyson Fury, and his comeback wasn't really great. He fought Mark Demore and then he fought Andrea Gigole who was uh, basically a, a Polish padded record and he dispatched of them in emphatic fashion. It looked like he was on the verge of maybe going in there with one of the big boys but Tony Bellew was in his way and this fight had to be, had to happen because there was a lot of money going to be involved in it. it Controversy, as I said, it creates cash and this was going to create cash but in the press conference they both stood there face to face waiting for forwards. Bellew as always, has always has something to say David Hay always has something to say David Hay as always it's always David Hay in these events David Hay throws a left hook which catches Tony Bellew on the chin and obviously then they get into a little bit of a scuffle afterwards and pull apart quite quickly but David Hay again notorious for these press conference incidents so he throws that left hook catches Bellew and it just makes for an even better fight between one another because there's even more bad blood built up at this point oh, it, it definitely added I mean Hay loves he loves to talk doesn't he David he just just doesn't stop talking shit basically David that's basically what he's always done all of his career even when he was a, a you know very good one of the best probably British cruiserweights but yeah I, I, I was always hoping Bellew would win it I, I wasn't too optimistic I thought, thought David was probably going to get the edge but I, I'm pleased for Tony and the way it worked out it was not only was this comical just you know he was called him Sideshow Bob wasn't he uh, Tony <laughs> Bellew uh, that was what he kept throwing out at him with his silly barnet he had and uh, uh, and the braids, you know, he, I think he's turned to, he needs to, he needs to sort his hair out. That's one thing that um, uh, Chisora keeps out as well. But yeah, it was, uh, it, it built, it, you know, Bellew sold it in a way. Uh, he knew that if he, if he, you know, I think he wanted to test himself, as you said, rightly said, against David. You know, I think he still felt that David was more of a cruiserweight than heavyweight, so he just wanted to, to see how he had done. Obviously, Bellew had always improved the later he got into his career, so, you know, it made sense, and, and, and he, he's another one. Bellew, although he, he could be he's more likeable, I think, than David, you know, he's another one that loves to talk a lot. Um, so, between the pair of them, you know, you can't knock it, really. At the time, I was so like, oh, you, you are kidding me. At heavyweight, Bellew, hey, this is crazy. This is like, you know, this is like a WWE, and he's going to get rid of him in no time. But I was I was proved wrong. I was pleasantly surprised with the actual fight and and how he doing his Achilles attendant and managing to fight on. And but th- I mean that left hook that you know in the actual press conference 
that um, that Hay manages to land as well. You don't actually see it when you first look at it. You're thinking, what happened there? It looked like nothing really happened. And when it actually slowed it down, you get to see it. Just catch him on the chin. So it's a good sneaky little left hook. But as you say, David Hay, cool. he, can, he he loves all this stuff. This is the sort of, this is what he he, he probably should be a wrestler, to be honest with you. But it, it was great to witness it. And the way they built the fight up, oh, you know, you got to give it to the fellas. I mean, especially Tony Bellew, he was he was brilliant in the way he done it. And, you know, credit to him. And how many people paid the pay-per-view? Who would have thought that had been pay-per-view? And who would have thought it happened? And then, you know, ended up having a second and then earning even more money. So credit to the both of them. Everybody loved it. And, um, yeah, great to watch. Do you ever remember the build-up to the Dillian White, Derek Chisora first fight? There was a lot of animosity between these two guys as well going into that particular fight. But the most notable moment for me in the build-up to that fight was when they were filming for The Gloves Are Off for Sky. You're an idiot. An edgy will throw with three men. You're an idiot. Who's the idiot? You're an idiot. Who's the idiot? You're an idiot. I got Who's the idiot? Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to put it on you? I'll put it on you, puss. I'll put it on you, you didn't actually get to see it in the edited version that was put out on Sky, where they, they obviously sat face-to-face with Johnny Nelson, sat in the middle, and you've got them talking crap to each other about how they're going to beat each other. But what was released in, in the aftermath of that was the unedited version, which was the moment where... Derek Chisora and Dillian White got into a bit of a brawl on set because they really couldn't stand each other to the point where even Johnny Nelson's trying to stop him and he's like, lads, 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 lads and he's, he's just trying to interject <laughs> yeah. to stop them from fighting but you can just see them both going at it and obviously they both had little entourages with them that had come with them on the set and they're, they're getting involved as well so all of a sudden you see, you just see, uh, you know, it's all in the darkness and you, they're all wearing dark clothes so you just see a load of fists flying and, and, and people jumping on one another to get to each other but that was another one that I remember quite recently where I was like bloody hell they really don't like each other these guys and they're actually scrapping on the middle of a set in the middle of the afternoon in a Sky Studio <laughs> Derek Chisora and Dylan White they are always they're almost on the limit of boiling over I just think that's the way they walk around a day-to-day life. Now, they they can be quite calm and relaxed, the pair of them, when they want to be. But I don't, I, yeah, honestly, don't believe that they have that ability sometimes to be able to just, you know, if you think you want to punch someone, you you, you know within yourself, yeah, I'm not going to do it. You know, I fake it. But these two are always on the boil. So the, the way that erupted on the on the on the um, uh, face-to-face it didn't surprise me whatsoever. And it was it was again, it's just. <laughs> the fact that even the people there sort of surround us are even getting little digs in themselves that, that you know they're not trying to separate them they're actually it's like they all want to have a little a war a little game war the way they were going on it's crazy but um yeah, that, that is another another cracking one. So. Yeah, it is. Another another recent one. I don't know if you remember this one. This is quite recent as of the last sort of six, seven years. But Bernard Hopkins and Jean Pascal, basically, they had a rematch uh, between one another. There was, a, there was a good little incident where in the press conference leading up to it, Jean Pascal's basically berating Bernard Hopkins on the microphone. He's, he's, he's slagging him off to shit. And they come to sort of gather and, and Bernard Hopkins is there with... Uh, I can't remember what it is in his hand, but 
John Pascal's like really chatting shit on the microphone, and then all of a sudden he gets really sort of close to Bernard. Looks like he's about to put his arm around Bernard, and then all of a sudden Bernard just absolutely shoves him into the back. Where oh, <laughs> yeah, they're up, they're absolutely they're absolutely going at it, and then it doesn't even stop there. You're not willing to take the test, right? Yeah. You're not willing to take yeah. the test, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes or no? Yes, yes, yes or no? It's, it's not me. No. No. It's not me. It's the fans. The yes, fans asking. Thanks, the John. fans asking. The fans you. asking. Are you willing to take the test? Damn, damn. Are you willing to take the test? 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 Take the test, the world. Obviously, they get they get separated, and then all of a sudden, the, you know, John Pascal's still chatting shit on the microphone. He comes around the side of what I believe is one of the one of the managers or promoters, and he manages to, he manages to slap Bernard around his bald head, and then it just carries on. And then you've got Bernard <laughs> trying to get to him so much. You've got all the press steaming in with the cameras. You've got the entourages back and forth. Uh, it's just a, it was just another great incident where you just didn't expect it to happen, really, but. John Pascal was really vocal in that one. He, he really, really berated and derogatorised Bernard Hopkins. And Bernard Hopkins is quite notable for doing this type of stuff himself, which we will move on to in a few minutes because he's he was involved in another one uh, over the years as well. But this one, what did you make of that one? Do you remember it? Yeah, I, I, I do remember the push, but I can't. I, can't, I remember it just being a, a, a commotion. I, I don't remember it too freshly in my mind, but I do remember the push. I remember thinking, "Oh, blimey." And obviously Hopkins is, you know, he was he was another one where he would love to just to to, to continually push his opponent. I mean, he done it with Felix Trinidad, didn't he? With all the with the Puerto Rican flags and and he really got under his skin. And it was in actual, I don't think them two actually came to blows when when Trinidad and Hopkins had their incident. Um, there was like thousands of people sort of. I knew like it was like outside, and it actually just kicked off amongst the people that were watching. It was just chaos and. Uh, he just had that about him, didn't he, Bernard Hopkins, where, again, he just he knew what buttons to press. He, he, he needed them to come in almost aggressively so he could, you know, he, he wanted to get into their heads. I think he's even openly said that sort of later on as he's retired, but he will always try to just get the edge, no matter what it be. But, yeah, I mean, going back to your one with Pascal, Pascal, he, was, he looked like he did get into Pascal's head. <laughs> he was just, just ready to... to to literally just go at Hopkins now, basically. I've got another one going back in history here. Muhammad Ali and Ernie Terrell, that was quite a notable one because the fight is is brought, obviously, a quote that's that's always remembered by people. So this happened in 1967. So Ernie Terrell at the time was a WBA champion uh, only because Muhammad Ali had had to relinquish the title in order to have a rematch with Sonny Liston. So during the presser, Terrell called Ali out of his name multiple times. For, for whatever reason he decided to do that, the Lord will never... <laughs> The Lord would never know. So Muhammad Ali had obviously changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali after yeah. joining the Nation of Islam, which was 1964. And all hell then started to break loose. Ali was really, really wasn't happy. Cassius Clay, yes. Why do you want to say Cassius Clay when Howard yes. Cosell and everybody is calling me Muhammad Ali? Now why you got it, of all people, who's color, to keep saying Cassius Clay? Uh, Howard Cosell is not the one going to fight you. I am. You're uh, making it really you... hard on yourself now. Uh, uh, you in the sport angle. Why don't you call me my 
my name, man. Well, what's your name? You told me your name was Cassius Clay a few years ago. I never told ago. you my name was Cassius Clay. My name is Muhammad Ali, and you will announce it right there in the center of that ring after the fight if you don't do it now. For the benefit of this broad him, all right? You uh, just acting just like an old Uncle Tom. Another flawed palisade. I'm going to punish you. Got no back call. Call. Don't back call me no Uncle Tom. Man. That's what you are, an Uncle Tom. Why are you going to call me Uncle Tom? What I ain't gonna, You heard me. He stood there face to face with Terrell and said he'd pay for his lack of respect. And I tell you what, he bloody did because Muhammad Ali absolutely gave him a, a beating in the fight and throughout the fight, and uh, one of the most historic one of many historic moments of Muhammad Ali. Throughout the fight when he's absolutely schooling Terrell, he's screaming to him, What's my name? What's my name? And he said he said to him, he did say to him in that press conference, you will say my name by the end of this fight. I will beat the respect into you. And that was another notable one because although it wasn't physicality that happened in this one, it was more the mental mind games that happened in it. The fact that Muhammad Ali really took, uh, he really, really took it really, really badly. The fact that he was being called Cassius Clay and he started calling, oh, yeah. uh, he started calling early Terrell and Uncle Tom. Yes, right. Yeah. He, he literally, he, he he still says to this day, well, not to this day, you know, R.I.P. Mohammed, but um, he literally, um, he he could have finished him. He felt like he could have finished him, but he wanted to beat him. <laughs> was it for the full 15 as well back then, wasn't it? So he literally beat the crap out of Terrell. Um, and as you say, what's my name? He didn't stop saying it throughout the whole fight. And he actually just, you know, I mean, that just shows you pure, you know, Ali as a personality, as a fighter, the fact that, you know, Terrell was a, was a decent fighter around at the time as well. He wasn't, it wasn't a complete pushover. And, and he literally beat him for the full 15. Um, just excellent. I mean, it, it just, he's just brilliant, Ali. Isn't he? Even going back to what we just spoke about, Fraser, the way he started all this. He, you know, it was the likes of Muhammad Ali that, 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 that set the tone and then, People have obviously gone on to do different stuff with it, and obviously some a little bit more, you know, aggressive. Ali was probably a little bit more silly with it, and any kids sort of really get in their heads with words, and then he'd beat you in the ring. And yeah, oh, that is that is that is an iconic moment as well. Sean. I've got another good one for you here. So I don't know if you remember this one, Danny Williams and Audley Harrison from 2005. Absolutely, oh, <laughs> fantastic. So for the listeners, for people that might have not remembered this one, because it's not, uh, it's not. Let's be honest, it's not involving some high profile fighters Danny Williams great British fighter uh, unfortunately the guy's still fighting even today is most known for beating Mike Tyson at the very end of his career Ollie Harrison Olympic champion in Sydney 2000 was supposed to go on and fulfil what was supposed to be a great heavyweight potential had one shot of the world heavyweight title against David Hay and I think he threw about one punch throughout the whole three rounds of the fight so this happened in 2005 so they were basically facing off against each other now Danny Williams had lost to a relatively unknown fighter so Harrison was ridiculing him in the press conference so when they were doing the the, the, the face to faces with the, the well it wasn't the press conference it was the um, it was the actual weigh-in where this happened but the press conference was where Harrison was basically saying you got beat off an nobody and you got beat off an un- un- unknown fighter and I'm going to do this to you and I'm going to do that to you so when the weighing came when they both had weighed in they were both stood there with the tops off and the pants on and then they come face to face significant height difference from Audley Harrison Danny Williams tries to come and plant a kiss on him <laughs> he tries to plant a kiss on Audley <laughs> Harrison and then Audley Harrison shoves him back and then you get Danny Williams 
Williams throwing what was a left hook over the top to try and get to him and then obviously a little bit of a brawl took place between one another before they were separated quite quickly by both entourages but although it's not relatively well known it was still actually a, a bit of a notable press conference especially here in the UK at the time because they were both British domestic heavyweights like I say Harrison was to go on and do a hell of a lot more in his career and this fight with, with Danny Williams was, was bragging rights really for, for where they were based so another great one there and another one it's just popped into my mind while we were even talking about it do you remember <laughs> do you remember where when Derek Chisora planted a kiss on his opponent who was that I do have a, I have a memory who did he kiss I can't even think of the top yet now who was that it was who was it? Carl? What's his name? Carl something. And he, he Chisora literally grabs the guy by the face and just kisses him on the lips. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that sounds about right. <laughs> Richard, he's just a nut. He's not off his head to get that. He loves all this, man. Oh, God. Does he, was he wearing one of those, you know, the old British masks? He went down that on, doesn't he? Was he wearing any pulls it down to kiss? I think I do remember that. It's a, no, it's, it's Carl Baker. He kisses Carl Baker during the stare down. Oh, That's no. what it was. I remember I remember yeah. now. So I, I knew it was Carl something. It was Carl Baker. It was when Chisora was coming up in his career. And basically, they were stood there. And this press conference. <laughs> This press conference uh, was being shown, and then all of a sudden, what happened was they just stood there face to face, as always, and he just decides, for whatever reason, he just wants to give him a kiss on the lips. And he just literally <laughs> grabs him behind the head, pulls him in, gives him a big smacker on the chops, and then obviously Carl Baker pushes him back, and then we get a little bit of a scuffle before that gets separated as well, quite quickly. But these are just there's just so many good memories of it. And even something I alluded to earlier, which I know you'll be able to discuss, was the antics that he pulled in the lead-up to the fight with Vitaly Klitschko. So there was a slap on the face and the spitting of the water. Yeah, God, I do remember that really well, actually. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I couldn't believe that when I said that. I thought, oh my God, are you crazy? How could you do that to Vitaly Klitschko? Because he will kill you in the ring now. He's going to beat you for, for 12 rounds, Derek. You're crazy. But yeah, I, I, he's, he's obviously, you know, he's there with his, again with his mask. And then you're just not expecting it. And he just flies that right hand, just full on, open hand, slap, bosh, round the cheek. And you're like... <laughs> Then you slap, let's go. <laughs> and he's like, what is he doing? And, then, and he's in the ring. Was it before the fight? It was before the fight. He's in the ring. He's walking about. And he's been told off about it already, about the slapping. You know, don't do nothing stupid. And he gets the wall. Boy. He's walking about the ring. And then he just starts. In it, Vitar, is it, is it, no, it's Vagmir, isn't it? He starts yeah. spitting at his brother. I'm like, <laughs> he's off his head. I mean, just before the fight. He's thinking he's in. I'm just trying to, I'm going to wind up Vitaly. And uh, in actual fact, yeah, he wound him up. And, and do you know what? It actually probably worked in his favour because entirely wasn't a great performance from him, um, to be fair. And Derek almost, he couldn't quite get in. You know, he could get close enough to him, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, he, that, he, he's just, he's a nightmare, isn't he? And, 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 and the craziness to think of what happened with him and, and David A. And then now they're like mates, you know, they've created this, you know, new war chisora. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Sometimes you, it does make you think, Oh, they fabricated. I, I do think, with, with especially with David Hay, I think David is him, everything he does. He will think very. He, he will. He will know exactly what he's doing, basically. Um, but yeah, one one thing. This isn't even a press conference, but I don't know if you ever see it with. Uh, oh, what's his name? The uh, the American Let's Go champ. Um, 
Shannon Briggs. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Shannon Briggs. And, it, and uh, but, uh, uh, Vladimir Klitschko, he's out doing, he's, got, he's in the lake or something. Sort of like, <laughs> he's, he, he's standing up, sort of paddling away. And then, yeah. Chisor, I mean, Chisor, God, what's all about? Um, Shannon Briggs comes out of nowhere with <laughs> his speedboat saying, let's go, Sam. There you go, Vladimir Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko. There you go, y'all. There you go. Look at it. Look at it. Hey, Sam. What's up, Chris? Go. What's up, Chris? Go. Everywhere you go, I go. What? Huh? Huh? Money. Yeah, honey, you think it's funny? You think it's funny now? You think it's funny? Now you see me, I'm everywhere, baby. Everywhere you go, I go. Everything you do, I do. Let's go, champ. I'm the champ. And you the champ. Let's go, champ. <laughs> And Clitz goes like, what, what, who is this geezer? What are you doing? And he obviously he's producing his face. <laughs> and he's sort of trying to hold on, hold on. And he's standing there in the end. He goes in. <laughs> and you can see the anger in Clitz goes face. And then he just goes off. And he just gets back on his world. Let's go, champ. <laughs> Brilliant. Another one. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, there were so there were so many like incidents that we've gone through. I think we've covered the majority of the most notable ones, to be honest. I don't think there was very many more. And if they are, obviously enlighten us when we put when when you hear this episode and you're at this point, tweet us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod. Let us know some other ones that were were quite notable that we may have missed for this episode. We've done this one quite off the cuff, to be fair. It was one where we were both sat there thinking, you know, boxing bro. You know, look at the incidents that's happened outside of boxing. They're actually really entertaining, and I've really enjoyed really talking about some of the funny ones. Because although people might not enjoy that side of the sport, and they, they might feel it brings it down a little bit, for me, it, it actually creates more build to the fight. Because I like to see a little bit of needle when it comes down to a fight. Although I know the professionals and I respect that fact. What makes it more entertaining for the fight is the fact that there's a little bit of needle between the two fighters going into it and it really helps definitely sell it for them and at the end of the day boxing is more a business than it is a sport and it is about making the money and it is about selling the tickets and putting bums in seats and putting eyes on on the box and that's what it all boils down to and incidents like this always create that controversy which gives people the the fuel to want to buy the pay-per-views and the fuel to want to watch events like this so i've really really enjoyed covering this particular episode and we will try and do a few little more little random one-off episodes like this and we may even put these things out to poll for what sort of subjects people want us to cover but Johnston it's been a pleasure having you on as always covering some of the uh, most entertaining boxing brawls press conferences incidents that have happened in the sport over god knows how many years yeah no I really enjoy looking back on some of these uh, there are obviously there will be YouTube we probably missed but you know, most of this, I had a couple down there, you had a couple, but most of them, as you say, off the top of your head. And, and they, they, you know, it, it does, you know, at times, some of them are borderline, they, they get a little bit silly, but, you know, they, all in all, it is a business, as you say, they, they are there to sell a fight. Um, I, the, the only other, I'm not going to go too much into one that's just popped into the other girl, was one of our favourite guys, is, uh, it wasn't even a press brawl, it wasn't even anything in particular, but, but Mitch Blood Green, if anyone, just go and have a, have a little Google uh, or watch some YouTube videos of Mitch Blood Green and his obsession with Mike Tyson. Um, and, and just quickly, he was basically the guy that got floored by Tyson in uh, in a shop while old Tyson's buying his leather coat, uh, which which cost about $850. Dapper Dan's, it was called, uh, uh, up on uh, 125th Street in Harlem. 
But yeah, just having a listen to his interview, this guy, Mitch Bloodgreen, he's an absolute nutcase. You know, I think he's addicted to PCP, but he's a crazy bastard. But just have a little <laughs> listen to some of his stuff because he's absolutely hilarious. And there's one little quote from him, and Tyson actually knocked him out um, in the shop. Um, there's one quote he says, At that moment, he hit me and he ran. He ran like a sissy. He ran like a homo. He ran. <laughs> I just think <laughs> this guy is absolutely nuts. Remember what you said about Tyson? He literally slagged Tyson off for the rest of his life because he felt like he got short shakes from Tyson the Donkey. But this guy is an absolute fruitcake. But watch some of his stuff. He's absolutely hilarious. So this is, yeah. But it was great to watch back at some of this stuff, sort of, you know, anything, we, we could do something like this again, I'd love that. It was really great fun. So, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please go and find us on social media. And follow us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and Facebook BTR Boxing Podcast. Subscribe to us, mainly on Apple Podcasts. Rate us, review us. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Let us know what you think about all the series that we're running. Please go and find us on any of the available podcasting apps. If you're not an Apple Podcast user, we're on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify. You can even find us up on Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel if you prefer to listen to stuff that way we're on there as well find us on there please let us know what you think of the episodes if you're enjoying them if you something specific you want us to see us do and record please let us know because we're more than open to to all different types of topics that relate to the sport of boxing so thank you very much for coming on johnston and thank you very much everybody for listening to this episode of btr boxing podcast boxing brawls Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.